This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to the Brit Rest Roundtable. I'm Arnold Furious. With me are Ollie Court. Hello. And Rob Reed. We've got a full set. Hello. It's It's been a long time since all three of us have been on one. Uh, well, we haven't actually recorded anything for like two months because uh, summer things have been happening. Um, so we're, we're going to come back with a, a bumper edition here. We're going to talk about Rev Pro, uh, WXW, and... The other promotion, OTT, <laughs> before um, discussing last year's draft, uh, Euro draft, and how that panned out, and prepare you for this year's one. Uh, so, Sizzler. Uh, I was there. Rob was there. Ollie, why weren't you there? Um, I was watching Macbeth in Stratford. Oh, that's a terrible Re- excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, uh, wrestling is uh, like Shakespeare, as we all know. Yeah, um, so you kind of missed out there, but you saw the VOD. I did, I did, and I thought it was a very good show. Um, it was very long as well, uh, which may have been to its detriment at parts, but it also meant there was lots of very good wrestling to sink my teeth into. Yeah, we started feeling very fatigued towards the end. Did yeah. you actually see the end of the show, Rob? Because you had like a train to catch. Yeah, I missed that train, but uh, I, I I saw the the finish of the Volta match and then like sprinted off. So if there was any post match, I am completely unaware of it. I don't remember anything, so probably not. It is Ishi; he just walks off. That's basically Volta. what he does. Win, Volta wins didn't and do walks anything, off. Then. He just chopped Ishi as like a mark of respect, and then yeah. Ishi walked off. <laughs> right, right. Should we go straight to that match then, since that's kind Definitely, of yeah. forefront of the show? I, I do have a surprisingly hot take here. I thought the best match on this show was actually the tag with uh, CCK with Gresham against Aussie Open. I think I'm not that sure was... if that's a particularly hot take, though. I think it was kind of uh, a lot of people's thoughts coming out of watching the show, and certainly I completely agree with it, so... <laughs> I don't agree, but like there wasn't much in it for me. I had I had the main at four and a quarter and the tag at four, so you know there's there's not a huge amount in it, but uh, very different matches definitely. Mm-hmm. I thought Gresham was excellent. Like it was like an audition for him because uh, when he was over for Fight Club Pro earlier in the year, he didn't really get to do very much. But this was more of a like a showcasey kind of match where he got to to do his thing. So, yeah, as, uh, I, I really enjoyed his performance. Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of the Jonathan Gresham match. Um, and, yeah. like, I haven't really seen him at all very much over the last two years or so since he was last in Europe. Um, so I, I haven't really been following the American Indies in that time. And even there, he hasn't particularly worked in really high-profile spots. 
but it was an absolute pleasure to see him here. Um, you know, he, he was being, he slotted into the CCK act quite perfectly at the beginning of the match and then towards the end, just slugging it out with Mark Davis. Um, you know, he held up pretty much everything charisma wise, talent wrestling wise. Um, you know, one of, uh, definitely the best match I've ever seen him in, but I'm not exactly an expert on him and just fantastic to see him thrust immediately into a big role like that. It was very, very cool. Like being Chris Brooks's tag team partner is a relatively easy job because he just plans these matches out so well. You've just got to turn up and be good. But um, obviously not for Lycos because he keeps getting hurt. Yeah, born out of unfortunate circumstances, this tag team certainly. And you got to feel for poor Lycos getting injured again. Um, but <laughs> Gresham has more than filled the role uh, very, very well. And I don't think this match would have come off as good if he wasn't in it. So he certainly you know, took the chance that he was given... Um, even through unfortunate circumstances and made it his own um, and definitely for me this was the best match of the night like <laughs> I, th- I was prepared to say that like 10 minutes before the finish but then they just kept ramping it up and some excellent pinfall breakups I thought because they actually thought about how they were gonna get the guy off the pinfall like when Davis bombed Gresham I think he like threw him onto, Bro- onto Brooks who was doing the pinfall rather than just generically onto the pin and also the last one where um, Brooks did, uh, um, what am I thinking? Uh, he d- dived into the ring onto Davis when he was doing the pin. So I thought it was, they put a lot of thought into those little things, but obviously the big spots, but the little moments within them made that much cooler. Gresham's a world-class wrestler. Like I, I don't mean this as a, as a slight to Lycos, but he Gresham is a definite upgrade on him for that tag team. Um, he does everything Lycos does and a bunch more, and he probably does all of it better. Um, he's having an incredible year. Like I don't even think that's my favorite match of his that I've seen this year. He had an incredible match with Jay Lethal of all people in yeah, Ring yeah. of Honor earlier this year. Uh, he's actually had several with him this year, but. Uh, I, I can't. It was February-ish that I think he he had an absolutely amazing one. Um, but yeah, he is. He seems to be after so long of being that guy where you're like, wow, he's really good, but he doesn't really work anywhere prominent. He's slowly getting all these spots at the same time. He's getting a more prominent role in Ring of Honor. Uh, he's you know he's he's stepped into Lycos's role um, in both Progress and Rev Pro. He's working a little bit more prominently on the U.S. Indies in general, that sort of thing, and he's delivering everywhere he goes. Uh, I thought this was this was a match where, while both Brooks and Fletcher were good, I thought Davis and Gresham were like quite clearly at like a league above, and they were both look absolutely world class and incredible wrestlers here. Yeah, I thought their sequences together were the highlights of the match. I mean, that's not a slight on Brooks and Fletcher, but just, like, <laughs> that their exchanges really popped off. Um, and, yeah, another feather in the cap for Davis as well as Gresham. Uh, yeah, so it kind of derailed us when we were going to talk about the main event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just had hotter takes, I guess, on that match. But, yeah, we can do the main event now. Yeah, I was um, really, really looking forward to this because uh, if I had to pick like a, a favorite three wrestlers, you've got two of them in this match. Um, so my expectations were possibly like too high coming in. 
Um, I thought it was really solid, um, but it probably wasn't as good as like the the Keith Lee matches. I think you could tell that from the reactions of the crowd as well. They weren't as involved in it. Um, but still, the uh, Volta's chaps. Uh, chops, not chaps. Uh, his chops were just unspeakably loud for a building that size. It was ridiculous the amount of noise he was making. I think that's the loudest I've ever heard Volta chop, and that's like saying something because every chop of his is super loud. But I think Ishii's chest is like the perfect shape <laughs> yeah. to be chopped and create at maximum volume. But yeah, I kind of agree. I like. I went four and a quarter on it, so I, I loved it as a match in a vacuum, but I also came away, like, a little bit disappointed, which is, you know, it's crazy to say, but kind of just a compliment to the the output that these two guys put out on a regular basis, that, you know, for so many guys, having a four and a quarter star match, that's like, wow, that's amazing, mm-hmm. that's one of the best matches they'll have their, this year, if not the best match. This could, you know, feasibly not be in the top ten for either man this year, like, that wouldn't I be don't... ridiculous. It might not be in the top 10 for Ishii this month. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, he has just come off the G1, so he'd been working really, really hard. Um, so it's perhaps a little bit over the top to expect like a, a, a massive match from him here when he's just had these these matches with like Omega and, and all those guys over in, in New Japan. I was a little deflated by the finish, both in the... like. It felt conclusive in a way, but also like it didn't feel like it had necessarily been built to in in epic fashion. I was kind of coming in expecting an epic match, and we kind of got like the first half of an epic match, and then like Ishii hit a brainbuster and he won. I was kind of expecting Volta to kick out, and I guess part of the expectations there were that I was totally going into this one expecting Volta to win. And hoping for Volta mm. to win because he'd done that stare down with uh, Suzuki after booting Ishii at Strong Style Evolved, and you know that seemed like a fairly clear direction to well, go. It's, it's not only that. I kind of thought, well, they've already done Ishii and Suzuki, yeah, uh, and you've got the backup match as well where you can do Ring Camp and uh, Suzuki Gun. It seems like a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Mm, I, yeah. I think what's happened here is uh, <laughs> the Ghetto getting in the way because obviously Ishii's challenging for the the IWGP title um, pretty soon, like Mm. in less than a month. So I think at this point they weren't going to let Ishii lose, unfortunately. Um, So I think that post-match angle maybe suggests they'll do a rematch and then do the Walter push and have him go through Ishii and then get to Suzuki. But yeah, I think they might have been hamstrung there. And also regarding the actual match, um, like... It may have fallen a little flat because the sh- like this is where the fatigue thing that you mentioned on came in. Like you could tell the crowd, you know, after that big tag match where all the crazy stuff happened, the crowd was a bit more deflated for the second half. You know, they just come off a, a twenty-five minute semi-main event. Yeah, I don't um, think that helped at all. That uh, Star Fantasma match. I remember you, you saying something about uh, like Ryan Smile and Adam Brooks. They just went. <laughs> they went too yeah. long and did too many near near falls. I kind of felt that they. They basically screwed the main event over by yeah, doing Yeah, sometimes you got to leave something for the main event, don't you? And yeah. I think in this All instance, right, seven matches later. <laughs> no, I but know, it, right, it but... does make sense, though, because that match went on right before, and I really don't care about a, a David Sorrell Phantasmo match, and it just went too long for me. Yeah, um, the, 
while I preferred the the main event because I you know being being my typical grumpy self and you know the least surprising thing ever will be for me to say I did think the the um the first half main event the tag match went a little long and they maybe did a few too many kickouts for my taste but you know you know still still a great match definitely they kept was, the tag legalities pretty they good they did of you, they Rob, were yeah. they were absolutely perfect and Arn no, actually no. went across midway yeah. through. <laughs> The match tap me on the shoulder and goes, "Have you noticed?" I went, "Of course I have. Of course I have. I was, I was very impressed." But um, yeah, so while I did slightly prefer the main event, like the crowd definitely peaked for the the tag match over the the main event of the show. And you know, as you said, the 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 overall length of the show probably contributed to that, and the the semi main probably also. Um, contributed this felt like a a show that like could have done with one less match you know Mm, like definitely like i get i get that they're they're building up great okan and you know it's his excursion but he didn't need to have that long a match with shane strickland did he even really need to be here you know it, it like that match in particular was a drag really uh, I don't think that was that bad because I mean, at least Okan is something. It's like a project that they've got going. The match that I personally would have jettisoned from the show was the Adam Brooks Kashida match. Yeah, oh yeah, that was like, trash. <laughs> like, why? Why would you fly Kashida in to have that match? It just didn't mm. seem worthwhile. It's because like promoters have kind of got it into their heads that Adam Brooks is a great wrestler <laughs> because he hangs around with great wrestlers, but like. I've seen enough of him now to, like, I don't think he's very good at all. Like, he, he is consistently the worst part of every match he's in, even if it's a good match, and frequently drags far better wrestlers to pretty boring <laughs> matches. Seems like I think he has, like, no luck in the York Hall outside <laughs> of the Kyle O'Reilly match <laughs> ever uh, since then. It's just been, <laughs> have you seen been a drag with it for him. Have you seen later, um, beginning of September, when they're coming for the TV taping in, in mm. York Hall, the, the return of the, the world's longest, most boring match between two great wrestlers? Oh, yes, of course. Occurring. We're getting Kushida ZSJ2. T- TV time limit, though, so, you know, 15 minutes, I guess. Ooh, please, lovely. please. That's what we need. <laughs> I would love for them to go out there and, like, go... You know those two boring matches we had in what culture? Remember them, and um, and uh, Summer Sizzler or something? I don't remember. Um, yeah, screw that. We're going out there. We're going full pace, and we're gonna have an mm-hmm. amazing match, like you kind of expect us to, even though precedent has shown completely otherwise. Although, I think Arn, you quite liked that match, weirdly. Yeah, no, I. I... If I'd have been there live, I probably wouldn't have liked it so much. But like watching it back on tape, it was fine. But uh, like if I can understand being there in the building, it was just really, really hot, and it just went too long. So, but yeah, I liked it on tape. Mm. Speaking of weirdly liking matches, you two seemed a bit down on it, but I really liked the Great Okan match actually. Um, it's easily the best we've seen out of him, <laughs> which isn't saying too much. But like I thought he like with. I don't know if he'd went to the Belgravia Centre or something, but I think the the look with hair definitely seeps in more. Um, he's he's growing into the mannerisms a lot more. It, like 
I was saying kind of like evil it is kind of the same deal. Yeah. Like on it's his definitely... first match, he didn't know how to behave, but now now he's sort of getting it down a bit more. Yeah, I thought this was a definite step up for him. Uh, <laughs> trouble is, like all of the matches he's had so far on Excursion have been shit. So like, uh, it's a step up from from shit. But um, yeah, hopefully he kind of uh, grows into the gimmick and and gets good. He's just wrestling far too basically at the moment, and like, he's probably, I get that that's kind of the gimmick, but at the same time, it's not like he's going to be able to do that in New Japan and get over. Like, he can't go back there and just do Mongolian chops and stomps and eye rakes and like, expect that to go well. Like, he, he, and the way... But like, Izuka's over, and like, all he does is like, less than that. (laughs) I mean, he's over to a level, but like, if that's... If that's Okan's ambition, then you know that's that's quite the the downfall. It's whether uh, Gado sees him as a potentially a star, or whether he's he's just going to pad the roster. There were flashes of like G one ability in this match. I thought like the, the clothesline <laughs> like here on Strickland. Uh, maybe it's a stretch. I, I was I only said flashes, but I'm not <laughs> trying to overegg the pudding. You know, I I, I could have seen this match um, bettering. Probably half of the A block <laughs> from this year. So I mean, I was I hated the A block this year, but uh, I this could have easily slotted into one of those shows and been one of the better matches on a, a particular night of the A block. I thought. I thought it was like a two star match. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe. But um, yeah, I I just think he's he's too basic, and the way he's structuring his matches, where you know he just dominates. The majority of them, which you know is the gimmick, and that's they're building him up through that. Um, but you know, he his heat segments are so they lack dynamism so much, they just bore me to tears. But he hasn't done it before, this is all new to him, so it's gonna take a while. I mean, you remember Jay White when he was over here, uh, doing Rev Pro as part of his excursion, he was just bland as anything, he didn't do anything. Uh, but as Switchblade. Even then, it took him a while to, to bed into that character, and now he's great at it. So it's maybe we'll, we'll see what he's like in six months. My highlight of um, any great o- Okan appearance at the moment is his entrance where every few steps he lifts up his little mask just to check he's not about to trip up, uh, <laughs> and then staggers a new another few steps like a zombie and then lifts it up again, completely ruining the whole um, aura that he's trying to have going for him. Yeah, they haven't really thought that out <laughs> at all. No, no. He's like a little periscope inside his his mask thing, but pointing downwards. Was, yeah. uh, was there anything else on this show that you want to talk about? I, I guess like Soberano Junior and and Titan. I thought that kind of sucked, but I don't really? know Lucha. Yeah, uh, they 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 had no rhythm, but you know I. I, I don't like Lucha, so that wasn't going to be for me. I did enjoy it, but I don't think it needed, again, a common complaint about this show for me. It didn't need to be as long as it was. Like, with eight matches on the show, you really didn't need this one going plus 15 minutes. Um, but I, I'm glad that they at least gave it a story, gave people a reason to get invested with it, with T-Town being a dick. Um, and, you know, Soberano Jr., played the baby face very well, and if they're going to be using CMLL guys a bit more, then I could easily see him slotting into what RevPro have going on. Um, I guess a match I'd want to talk about more is Jörn Simmons uh, B 
beat, uh, losing to Lance Archer, actually, and how gutted I was for Yearn that he <laughs> he had to take the fall, um, because it's yeah, very, I, very good to see him back in the ring. I think he was happy with the reception that he got. Oh, yeah, he, he clearly got the, a far better reception than Archer, and the taking the loss, I'm guessing, is, is a political thing. Yeah. They don't particularly want Lance to take a, a loss to a guy who they, they New Japan, that is, don't know. Yeah, Plus, this was rescheduled, wasn't it? It was supposed to be a tag, and mm-hmm. I can't actually remember what the original match was, but it was, it was Killer Elite. Aussie Open versus KES, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And like K- um, Suzuki Gun in general, they're being booked to like run rough shot over the the whole company at the moment. So mm. you know, it makes sense to give Lance Archer the yeah. win. I thought the match. But was still, fine. I I feel a bit disappointed just because. Yearn's a lot more exciting, I guess, as a commodity than KES or. I really hope the Icelandic thunderclap thing catches on. <laughs> that was yeah, that was well, very well appreciated. Although I did yeah. legitimately like bruise my hand doing that, so uh, <laughs> I have to be more careful. Yeah, yeah. Got a bit enthusiastic. <laughs> it was good. I um I was amused by Bowden wearing the the All Japan uh, oh, hoodie. Oh yeah, god, yeah, that was that, that was, was incredible. Fun. Such a, <laughs> such a dick move. He had like eight matches in all Japan. <laughs> and he's never going back. No. Did, did you know what happened to him over there? Or is that like public I knowledge? I believe or? we've said it on the podcast before. Or at least... I think out we've at least alluded to it. I think I said it and you cut it out. <laughs> uh, well, as I understand it, Josh Bowden was sent home early from the all Japan uh, tour because he got drunk and super kicked someone's window out. Um, it's... It's kind of up there with um, the falling asleep in a freezer in a in a supermarket, mm. and generally uh, the Japanese promotions kind of don't look well upon people doing stuff like that. Uh, I don't think he's going to go back. No, no. Um, although I did think he actually looked really good in this match. Um, I, I think mean, he always looks good. In <laughs> in <laughs> this in is these true. Matches, but uh, I thought he worked particularly. Um, Particularly well as kind of the gatekeeper type role, which is kind of what he's ended yeah. up slotting into because he he doesn't have the buzz of any of the um, of a top UK guys, and he's kind of he can't really be like that that up and coming heel anymore in Rev Pro because he's literally been that for like four <laughs> years. Yeah. Um, and just because Maybe he's, five. <laughs> he's never like you know, for, for various reasons, never been able to like branch outside of Rev Pro and, and build himself up outside there. He's kind of hit a ceiling in Rev Pro because of that, because he just he doesn't have the, the level of overness from the general scene that, you know, guys like um like someone like a Brooks, you know, he's he's done well in Rev Pro, but a big part of his overness in Rev Pro isn't from his work in Rev Pro, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Whereas Bodum obviously doesn't have that. So he's kind of ended up slotting into kind of a gatekeeper role in Rev Pro. Um, and a lot of the the, the youngsters that are, are coming through the, the Portsmouth um, wrestling school into Rev Pro are, are running into him there. And I think he's, he's doing a really good job uh, working with, with all of them. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed that opener, actually. So, so Bodum's problem is he's, he's burned bridges and... If you're low-key and you live in America and you've got a lot of choices, then it's fine to burn a few bridges. But like, when when you're in, in BritRest and you haven't worked outside BritRest, although he's he's had that one shot in, in All Japan, which he's blown, um, you can't really go burning bridges and upsetting people and just 
behaving like a dick. And that's the problem that he's got. He's kind of run into a brick wall. And unless he gets booked in WXW, I can't see a way out of it for him. Yeah, and like WXW is one of those promotions that, you know, they, they don't take any shit. So you got to be... Yeah. Um, would, could you see him being squeaky clean if you went over there for them? I, I just, I'm not convinced he would be. Like, I'd hope he would be, but precedent suggests otherwise. Like, his biggest problem is not just burning bridges, but it's been that a lot of the time he's burnt the bridge before he's managed to walk over it in the first place. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he doesn't get, any, you know, like Loki, he goes to a place, he looks amazing in a place, you know, gets gets to the top of that, that promotion, he's got all the hype in the world, and then, you know, he has to move on because he, you know, screws something up or doesn't deal with something or whatever. Bodum hasn't got that exposure from anywhere other than Rev Pro because before he's had a chance to, you know, get over in a place, he's already no longer working in a place. So <laughs> It's a shame, really, because he is very good. He's going to but... be a guy that we look back um, in like 10, 15 years and we'll go, he was way better than his career ended up being. And it's a real shame. You never know. He might he might get a WWE deal or something. It's it's conceivable. They do scout strongly in the UK, so yeah, yeah. that'd be a way out. Sorry, Ollie. Ollie, you're trying to say something about Dan no. McGee, and I cut you yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just thought we'd move it on from kicking Bodum in the balls. Um, not that he doesn't deserve it, but <laughs> we think uh, it's good. Yeah. He's good <laughs> at wrestling, not at being a wrestler unfortunately i did really enjoy the old japan hoodie thing it got a lot of heat from me um i was yeah, just like, laughing <laughs> this was a, a this this is a match they have built up pretty well on their smaller shows um and it's a great way to sort of debut dan mcgee in front of a bigger crowd crowd and again give them a reason to care about him i compare this summer sizzler to last year's summer sizzler with matches like Shaw samuels and bully ray they did a much better job of making sure people actually cared about every single match on this card, even if it meant the matches were a little long. Like, every match had a reason for existing, even if it didn't at the beginning of a match, they gave the match an actual story within it. So I do appreciate that, that they were actually, like, telling a story within the ring and not using, you know, wacky gimmicks to get anything over. It was, you know, it was solid storytelling and solid wrestling all the way through, and this was a good way to start that off. Um, and Dan McGee certainly looked alright here, um, probably better than Rob Elias did, um, and maybe more ready than Chapman is, so we'll see what he can do next. Uh, do you want to move on to OTT? Has anyone actually seen OTT? Or is it, just... <laughs> <laughs> it might just be you, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and I haven't actually seen the entire show, I've just seen the top end. Um, well, the, the one match that is definitely getting a lot of buzz uh, coming off that is the, the main event, the Volta-Jordan-Devlin uh, match. I, I take it you both saw the, the preview video they did for it. The, the it preview, that's one of the best preview videos I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it was it was WWE quality, but, like, they went yeah. like a he- half a step further and threw in, like, uh, uh, some Mike Tyson footage to kind of, like, say, this is, like, uh, mm. Frank Bruno stepping up and going up to another level and Volta was mm. like your Mike Tyson and and it was all that was the story of the match as well like Devlin had been in there with some really tough opponents but he always eked out the win but then when he came up against Volta it was like this is the the next level and he wasn't prepared for it and I thought they told that story really well and it yeah like- the the build up to this match over their last couple of shows has been 
pretty phenomenal, like the way they've used Walter, um, you know, beating up the, the Star Devil and Tag Team. Um, you know, it, it has been really exciting to build up to. Yeah, it was outstanding, I thought. And the match kind of lived up to it. it they kept it uh, tight. It was like 20 minutes. Uh, there was a lot of Walter abuse, but he didn't keep going to the crutches, so you didn't have like the a, a mass of chops. Like he didn't just mess up his chest or match. Uh, Devlin had an answer for that. Like he worked his way around the chops, and yeah, I thought they constructed a really a really strong match. But it also didn't really completely blow me away because this was match one. You know, there's more to come. Uh, the only other match I saw on this show was um, Ishii and Juice Robinson, which I watched just. Before that, uh, I didn't really have time to watch the whole show because I was trying to catch it yesterday to uh, prepare for this. And but Ishii and Juice is also a very very good match. It was like pushing four stars. Uh, considering Ishii, like like we said earlier, has just come off G one. Mm. He's uh, they're doing shoot headbutts with Juice and in Ireland for <laughs> hundreds of people. Yeah, they, they did this one in the G1 as well. So, <laughs> you know, they had to do something to keep it creative. Like I say, it, it was very good. I didn't get a chance to watch anything else on the show, though, so uh, I'm not sure what else happened. Yeah, Issue basically went out and had a 12-match G1. Uh, well, no, 11. <laughs> didn't wrestle himself, did he? Um, but, uh, yeah, he just added on a, a Volta match and another Juice match on the end, like, you know, like Ishii does all the time because you know he is simultaneously the the most unbreakable person in wrestling but also the most broken person who always has some part of his body hanging off um but continues to go out there and have great match after great match and it sounds like he continued to do that here is he eligible for the euro draft <laughs> well, Ishii uh, no <laughs> As a as an import, sure. We we, we dropped the import thing. We last did year, drop so the import. We did so the no. whole if you do six months of the year. I can't remember the rules exactly. Yeah, like David Starr and Tim Thatcher were in, so I'm wondering if Ishii is in, <laughs> or is he is he just cheating? I don't think he's done enough, but I, I think it was. We'll, we'll go was over like the percent, rules. It was a percentage thing, wasn't it? It was like a fifty percent. Yeah, like Matt Riddle made it last year, but like, yeah. and David Starr did as well, but that was because he spent the majority of the year on WXW tours. But like Ishii, it wouldn't be close to fifty percent, would he? Okay, okay. I was so only you, asking, asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the other show we got to talk about? Ah, uh, shortcut, shortcut to the top. Just before you move on, uh, yep. where are you star-wise for Volta Devlin? Because I've seen a lot of people throw out five, and it didn't sound like you were close. Uh, no, four and a half. Uh, I thought it was very, very good. Uh, but like I said, it felt like it was like the first step. Um, but yeah, Devlin's been outstanding, really, in uh, in OTT, and this was another like step on that that path. Like he's going to have like a, an absolute blow away great match sooner or later. Uh, I know uh, Ian Hamilton had it at like four and three quarters, so I was kind of in the same mm-hmm. sort of ballpark. Yeah, it's quite something when two guys can go out there and have a four and a half star match, and you go, you know what? That's that's a good first step for them, but I know they can <laughs> do better. Like that just shows how how much of a tear Devlin's been on. That like mm-hmm. he has a four and a half star match, and you're like. Yeah, another one in his series. It doesn't particularly stand out. 
<laughs> yeah, this this yeah, is but... one that I would have wanted to be there live for it because you can see the reaction from the fans and, and like when the the finish occurred, they did a little pan around ringside and the the shock on people's faces. They were stunned that he'd lost, which just shows how brilliant a job OTT have done of building Devlin. Like in the past, OTT got a got a lot of shit for the way they booked their Irish talent, but like, yeah. is there any better indie ace in the world? than Devlin was booked. I don't... I, there isn't for my money. No. The job they've done with him this year has been really excellent. Um, just the the way they put the OTT championship on him and, you know, signified it as a new era um, and all the great matches that he's been having, the, the Zack Sabre Jr. match in particular, um, and the new Fret and Walter almost inevitably beating him. It's It's been a very well-told story there. Um, it's a good time to be Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the other show we wanted to talk about was uh, Shortcut to the Top. Uh, it was August the 10th. No, it wasn't August 10th. That's when I reviewed it. August the 4th. So it wasn't that long ago. It's only only been a few weeks. Um, the, the main reason I wanted to talk about this show is not so much the match quality, but the storytelling on this was just incredible. Mm. Like, th- up and down the card, they, they did things just to change the direction of the storylines in the company. And uh, I just think they did a magnificent job. The, the pre and post shotguns as well, like before and after shortcut, were also very, very good at enhancing the shortcut stories. So, you know, if you have a spare four and a half hours and want to watch shortcut and the two, other two shotguns, then I would highly recommend it because it was so satisfying to see everything they, they developed play out across those shows. Um, and yeah, all, all the, the new Rise direction that they've gone in is going to be very, very interesting. Set all centered around Lucky Kid. Should, should we um, the, take this chronologically as the show went on? I think on? so, yeah. <laughs> so you the best way. So first, first off, you had Bobby Guns defending his shotgun title. He's held this belt for quite some time. I think he's like the second longest reigning champion. Yeah, usually it's a, a title that they switch quite frequently and sort of put it on the hot indie name. But yeah, with Guns, I think he won it in November last year. Yeah, that, that's, a, a that's a long run for, defenses. for Shotgun. That's a long run. Yeah. Um, but they switched it here. They put it on Marius Alani. Um, we've been talking about how Marius probably isn't like main event ready, but he's very good at wrestling. He's He's got that athleticism that um, makes him look a, a minor star. And maybe this is the level for him. It's a, a good title for him to carry, to establish himself. Definitely, he needed something to make him stand out from the crowd, and obviously he got an extra thing later in the show, but yeah. I think this was definitely the right move that they needed to make, and obviously it lets Guns elevate himself. <laughs> As we say, a lot of things happened on this show, so yeah. this match is almost an irrelevance by the, the time the show actually ends. Um. Then next up we had uh, Dirty Dragon's mystery opponent was Volta, which I just thought that was really weird, because like, uh, Dragon has been kind of challenging himself and it felt like they'd skipped a few steps and had him get crushed mm, it was almost a bit mean and like didn't really play with the story where he's sort of feeling better about himself now like he's been to therapy um and has been winning some matches in his trial series it, yeah <laughs> it almost felt a bit like a, a fuck you to dragon kind of thing it's a bit and of a yeah, misstep, I, I think, because you, you had dragon uh came out later on in the shortcut to the top match all smiles and jokes and it was just yeah you kind of, kind of got your ass kicked earlier on in the show. It just, 
it didn't quite feel right. And considering how how great I thought the booking was on the show as a whole, I thought this was the one thing they didn't they didn't get right. Yeah, I do get that. I get that. Uh, so after that was the tables match with uh, Monster Consulting uh, against Rise and, and JFK. Um, those German tables are very very strong. Yeah, classic iron the table stuff (laughs) in this match. But in fairness, they worked around it pretty well. And, like, the Monster Consulting guys did have fun with it. Um, So, yeah, it's a bit unfortunate the match went off almost predictably off the rails with (laughs) the tables not... Oh, badly off the rails, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it wasn't like a a major match for the show or anything, so I thought that was okay. Like, it was a bit of a lark, and Monster Consulting looked very good out of it. So, you know. (laughs) I I asked Avalanche... I asked Avalanche about it, and I was like, did, did you not gimmick the tables? And he's like, no. <laughs> he said when the first one didn't break, he thought the match might never end. <laughs> yeah. They just they didn't know how it was going to finish if they couldn't get it to, to break, but uh, he ended up just charging at one, and that, that seemed to get the job done. Uh, then I think probably the best thing on the show uh, was Tarkan Aslan promo, uh, where he's been out, he hasn't wrestled for seven months uh, because he's been concussed. And it turns out he isn't concussed at all. He isn't injured. And they do like a th- uh, throwaway to the video screen where he kind of incapacitates Pete Bouncer, who's figured him out. Um, I'm not really sure what that little black patch was, but it knocked him out. <laughs> I think the implication on the shotgun was that he got it from Marius Alani. So it's like a ninja patch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like an underground ninja patch that knocks people out straight away. I I, I know that may just be my head cannon, but that's what I because after they sort of play more of the footage and Marius walks in and is like, "Hi, oh, you did it or whatever." Like, yeah, so it, it seems to be Alani who provided him with the poison patch. It seemed I, a, I, <laughs> it seemed a bit dumb, but like at the same time, I was like, I could see that working. It no, it's it's so dumb, but it's so br- like the way they played it was so brilliant and like. The way Lucky Kid reacted to it, and the oh, way it was yes, shot, Lucky Kid's reaction, shot, like uh, <laughs> I could almost hear like the villainous music kicking in, even though there wasn't mm. any. <laughs> it was, it was glorious. Lucky Kid's face when he found out what the, yeah. the subterfuge that he's been uh, suffering—it just, he just ran like through all these emotions and just kind of broke down, and it was just yeah, ah, wrestling. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It it helps that like everyone in this is a good actor, like but, well, especially for wrestling. Um, that like Aslan, Bouncer, and Kid have all played their parts really, really well. Um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that Rise has actually found something to do because oh yeah, that losing Bad Bones and then Damak immediately afterwards, <laughs> yeah. I just completely really derailed unlucky, yeah. the whole thing. But like having it switch around like this and making the focal point Lucky Kid is an inspired decision. Because he's the star in this. Yeah, it's it's come off really, really well. Like, <laughs> despite their two antagonists both being lost to to the story, um, you know they've managed to switch it up and and made it very exciting. Um, and the the promo that Aslan and uh, Marius Alani gave on the subsequent shotguns were very 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 heelish. You know, <laughs> worked out their character really 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 well and. That's kind of what WXW does better than anyone. They give these guys mic time and actually let them explain what they're doing rather than it all just being a mystery. Like, something irrelevant to Shortcut to the Top, but uh, they actually get... Millie McKenzie debuted on the shotgun before uh, 
shortcut to the top, and they actually gave her mic time just to introduce herself and her character, and I don't think I've actually ever heard her speak before. You know, she's been around for a year, and neither I've, I've heard a pro or progress. One, one promo, it was yeah. in Chikara, when they did the King of Trios, she was okay. in on that promo. And uh, Demax injured. <laughs> he's he's out for a long time as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, Millie, I, I've only seen a cut of that one promo, and... When I spoke to her at the WXW show, I was like, it wasn't a very good promo. And she was like, I know, I'm learning, I'm, I'll get better. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't a very good promo, but it was just good to see her actually say something and have a character and introduce herself, even if it was just a set-up alpha female. Um, like, I don't know. It's just, it just seems like a no-brainer to actually introduce your wrestlers before they wrestle. And I'm <coughs> world, world of sport! sport as much as <laughs> anybody else. Um... Uh, then you've got um, next on the show. You had uh, Ilya Dragunov uh, losing the title to Absolute Andy. Uh, I've, I someone complained about this. I can't remember who it was, but you need the you need the heel to win here because if he doesn't, then where do you go from there? Yeah, like exactly. you lose all the, the the build on Andy and Dragunov's still great. So yeah, I was fine with this. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this match. Um... Like, you're never going to get, like, a work rate classic from Andy, but all of his matches in the heel persona have been, like, very, very interesting to watch. And he comes off as intimidating. Like, even... I know he's he does all the comedy stuff, and, like, they've made the character very memeable for, like, social media. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's all funny, but it never crosses over the line to, like, twee. Like, he still maintains the aura of, like... Yeah, I, I believe. Heel. Yeah, I, I'm believing in him. I, I'm... I would be scared of him, I think. Yeah, like, <laughs> you, you know, your dad's taken his belt off and you're not, you're not, <laughs> you're running away from the consequences. Yeah, I find him, I find him quite intimidating, even though he's like a, a sweetheart. <laughs> he's just, he just has that, that look about him. He can do that. Mm. Uh, he's kind of built for this, this role. He's, he's done a fantastic job with it. I thought the match kind of was, was a little disappointing because, uh, apparently the building was just like oven hot, yeah, uh, and they, they really struggled. <laughs> yeah, they really, really struggled um, with the temperature in the building, and yeah, it, it was a, a long match with a lot of twists and turns. So it was a struggle for them. But yeah, I'm happy that the belts on Andy now, and where they go from here is a lot more interesting than like where they had gone with Dragonov as champion. Like, there's not problem. There needs to be a hurdle for Dragonov to cross, I guess. And the Walter stuff was very good while it lasted, but you can't have a year of that, I guess. <laughs> um, like it was never gonna produce a, a a really long reign. I feel I feel like Dragunov will eventually get his big shot, but yeah, I've, for now Andy needs that title because he's the most interesting character they have, and it's a character-driven promotion. Yeah. Um. So the the main event of the show is the shortcut to the top match. Um. So. There's a lot happening in this. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to try and pick out the main points. Uh, Tim Thatcher's back. Uh, so he hadn't been in WXW since 16 Carat, uh, when they, they lost the, the tag titles and he kind of went away to find himself. Um, I really missed him. I felt yeah, like, uh, definitely. this, this is his promotion. Uh, and, I could see him being programmed in as the guy that Andy defends against next, like as, Ooh, a, yeah. as, as a series. I could see that happening. And Just, they're doing Ring Camp for Tag League. Yes. Defending 
defending the tag league victory, which made Tim Thatcher <laughs> yeah. for everyone. I love Tim. Right, what was next? Uh, Jern Simmons returning? Yeah, so Jern, Jern came back in. He's been out since February, I want to say. Yeah, it's been a, it's so been a long time. He missed, missed 16 carat, didn't he? Yeah, it was right before 16 carat because he was actually booked uh, first night main event against David Starr. Broke his leg, missed six months. But uh, he's come back. Look, he's looking uh, in, in good condition. Um, I'd forgotten how good his character was as well. He's kind of retained all that kind of that Game of Thrones kind of look. And uh, he was developing into a, a really like interesting wrestler when he got injured. Um, I'm looking forward to him uh, kicking David Starr's ass. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be doing that last man standing match on the fan appreciation night i think night two of of that weekend um and yeah <laughs> similar to you <laughs> i'm looking forward to see him decapitate david star because those decapitations are always awesome and uh, they had another return well there's, there's loads of returns on this there were uh, a lot of smaller ones like aaron insane dark soul uh but you also had uh, alpha female coming back this was the best bit of the match <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I kind of like it if they build her as comparable to the male wrestlers because that was the most invested I've been in her for a long time. Yeah, um, her versus Avalanche was oh, just ridiculous <laughs> yeah. off the scale. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, and I like how physical it was as well. They weren't you know, playing the kid glove stuff like they do with the women in the Royal Rumble in WWE. It was proper like barging into each other. <laughs> Well, she's always been satisfying. She's always been that much bigger and stronger than all the other uh, women in in WXW. Yeah. I like when she wrestled uh, Melanie Gray. I really liked the match. It was it was brutal, but yeah, that, um, that whole story was excellent. That yeah, program. but at the end of the day, like she can wrestle these these guys, and I think she can deliver better there yeah. than she would against uh, the women. Well, they're putting her in the women's division for now. It looks like um, because. She had a match with Millie McKenzie where she basically destroyed her <laughs> and is going against Tony Storm for for the fan shows. Um, and I would presume is the one to beat Tony because, you know, they had Tony as a very strong champion since since December, basically. This seems like a good place to drop the belt to Alpha Female because, as you say, she has that legitimacy about her. Um, but we'll wait and see. I'm certainly glad that she's back doing something relevant. Um, she hasn't really done much in the year. Obviously, she's had the injury concerns, but when she does anything, it always feels very significant. And then finally, you've got uh, Tarkan Aslan uh, was number 30, and this is where Mario Salani turned up to uh, align himself with uh, with Aslan. Uh, yeah, it was... I didn't see that coming, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, they, they like to keep uh, keep it interesting, keep switching things around if it's not working. And Alani as a, as a singles babyface wasn't working, so here's a much needed turn and an alignment with with Tarkan Aslan, which yeah, it opens up a lot of doors for them, and obviously makes the Rise story a hell of a lot more interesting. Um, Aslan probably needs new gear. <laughs> like, oh God, it's you know, awful. If, if you if you want to hide the gut, go for a singlet, not that weird like sort of stretched i don't even know how what to call it but yeah it wasn't a good look <laughs> you know just go for a singlet my man <laughs> um 
but yeah, I, I very much enjoyed the turn, and it opens up a lot of opportunities um, for Alani, Lucky Kid, and even like Pete Bouncer and Aslan. So keeps everything fresh and sets everyone off in a new direction. And like I say, the storytelling's been very good so far, even despite the ridiculous ninja patches. <laughs> I love the ninja patches. Oh, no, I, I thought it was tremendous. <laughs> Just very strange. Uh, then you've got Bobby Guns uh, picking up the the win, so he gets a title shot. Um, Guns has like this anti-hero uh, deal going on, which has gotten mega over. Yeah, it's it's been a hell of a year for Bobby Guns. We like it says a lot that we didn't even draft him. He's not in, in there the at all. Draft yeah. last year. <laughs> um, and he's certainly the guy who's risen in stock the most since he didn't even get drafted. <laughs> Versus this year, he'll probably be a very high pick. Like that ring camp program just did so much for him. And it allowed him to sort of breathe as a wrestler a bit more. Like, I think that's the biggest thing to the push is that he just got better at wrestling. <laughs> but also his look got better. His promos are obviously incredible. And they developed a lot of the smoking break stuff. And made it work as a babyface. You know, he introduces him- himself with bitches and gentlemen and yet is still a babyface. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. a weird time, but that's kind of... You know, that's kind of how WWF or WWE always do it. You know, you get over as a heel to the point where people want to cheer for you. And that's exactly what WXW did with Bobby Guns. So, um, yeah, it's obviously the perfect guy to win shortcut. I kind of had him penciled in for the win. Um, and they're not putting him in the main event immediately. Like, he's going back to facing Alani for fan appreciation night. But, I mean, clearly he's gonna get the rocket strapped to him sooner rather than later i don't see him winning the title just yet because um no they, they did i that... think he's gonna mix it up in the main event now they had that match with uh with andy earlier in the year where he just got completely outdone and was that january seems seems mm, recently february i think yeah. a while ago uh yeah he was just completely outclassed there and that was the story of the match so um it'll be interesting to see how much more of a fight he's he's able to put up this time around. But I still don't think he's he's quite ready yet. Uh, should we move on to uh, looking at last year's Euro draft? We shall indeed. All right. <laughs> right. I I am indeed still here. Um, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, Rob. <laughs> I, I, I look forward to eventually getting to that, but you know. Oh yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, the wrestling and me getting behind name or more. Iconic duo. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, what I've done is, we, we I think we've all got the um, the draft that we did last year uh, up in front of us. It was the three of us plus um, Callum. Oh god, I'm forgetting second names. That's embarrassing. Callum, Callum Leslie. Callum and Leslie Alan, and Alan, Alan Boone. Boone. There we go. There we go. Uh, the memory is poor. Um, I'll edit that to make myself not look stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the benefit of editing yourself. Um, so yeah, I, I've kind of split it into chunks because I think that's the easiest way to for us to to go through it. And so we're going to look at it retrospectively. And uh, at the time, I believe Arn won the the initial vote, but uh, with a year I did. a year's perspective, we we may want to reevaluate, or we might not. We might continue to give Arn the win. But, uh... I, no, I won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, officially on one, but we can claim back some pride here. I've got the most to gain 
for him the, the next draft. The pressure's on me because obviously Rob won first year and Arn won second year, so I'm the only host who has yet to win. It'd be especially embarrassing if a if a non-host won this year. Ooh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll I'll rig the rules against them in some some. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Some fashion. Um, so yeah, let's let's go through it, and maybe at the end we'll we'll throw another another vote out to see who wins part two of 2017's Eurodraft. You know, still half of Arn's glory, maybe, or maybe. God not. damn it! Or we maybe did this last year. It's because Rob won last year. <laughs> this is true. But I think I think Ollie and myself went through it, and Ollie agreed that I was the best, and I wasn't going to argue with him. So you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, maybe you'll double your win on. We'll we'll see. Um, we'll see. Um, so first, like section I've done is the first three male drafts we've done. So Arms got Volta, Haskins, and Skull. Uh, Ollie's got Riddle, Dragonov, and Trent Seven. I've got Osprey, Andrews, and Saber. Callum's got Dunn, Bate, and Rampage Brown. And then Alan has Travis Banks, Chris Brooks, and Omari. God, rookie mistake. <sighs> Indeed, he did go for the rookie far too early there. Like we're we're all fans of Omari, but Omari is like a Omari's like a great sixth pick, but he's yeah. a bad third pick. Yeah, that that is what in the biz we call a reach. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking at Robs and I'm thinking like Will Osprey and Zack Saber. That's that's big. Yeah, I'm... I think that's that looks stronger because Osprey and Saber have not spent nearly as much time in Japan as I maybe thought they would. Like they've had loads of British dates this year, so <laughs> like that's always the worry when you pick someone like them that you like look in the retrospective you're gonna look like an idiot because they only wrestled five times in britain but no they've pr- kept a pretty consistent schedule despite the new japan commitments i'm amazed i managed to get saber third draft like i i understand i understand why he maybe fell into the second section but third seems like i was very lucky i might have got kind of a double there but that would have meant i was last so even then mm. um I think my way of looking at like the top three, and you know, this is gonna obviously sway in my favour. Uh, so you may want to take this as a pinch of salt. But if I'm thinking of the the three guys who've had the best year since we did the draft last year out of Europe, I'm thinking Volta, I'm thinking Osprey, and I'm thinking Saber. Uh, maybe you can throw Riddle in there too because he did qualify. So if you throw Riddle in there, then out of the top four. You two have got one each, and I've got two. I mean, do, do you want to argue with that? Um, well, I guess not. <laughs> but then, like Travis Banks has been really good. I, it's it's difficult to say. Like, how do you how do you rank this? But uh... yeah, I'd definitely say Rob's got the best guys leading off. Um, like I was very happy with Riddle and Dragonov, but obviously Riddle hasn't done much in the UK <laughs> if it's all, draft, yeah. unfortunately. But he was such a big part of the scene pre that that I could not take him in round one after Walter got taken. Um, and then Dragonov, I'd say, probably better than Andrews overall in that round. Um, you could probably argue Tyler Bate was maybe a better pick in round two, but mm. I would say Dragonov above him. Although, Dragon- to play devil's advocate, I agree Dragonov is a very good pick, but he also wasn't doing anything for a good chunk of that year. But some of that was deliberate to make what yeah. he did do It was storyline, yeah. yeah. 
But, you know, I've got, I've got to make the argument. Um, I, I picked Haskins thinking he's going to be in the UK more. Uh, but, like, nobody's pushed him. Yeah. He's, he's had a very much a down year. Seven's yeah. had a very good, like, last few months. But it's mainly been NXT stuff and like yeah, not in Britain. Yeah, he he had he did have um, two great matches on the WWE well NXT UK tapings. Yeah, he, but, he was in the the tag in the six man. But as before like the turn of the year, I thought Seven was was pretty disappointing mm. for a good like six months or so. Like the the second half of 2017, I, I yeah, he is still very good on the mic though. So. Yeah, true. True. He does add that extra element that a lot of guys on the list don't have. Um, you know, Osprey, Andrews, and Sabre aren't really going to be cutting long-form promos, whereas Seven, that's his wheelhouse. So, you know, if, if I wanted to to do a Jim Smallman and start my shows off with 10-minute banter segments, uh, I could do that, which you could not. <laughs> hey, I've got Zach Gibson. He has so, got Zach Gibson. That, that I was about to say yeah. that. Um... Au contraire, my friend. Although you could have absolute Andy and Trent Seven bantering against each other, which is somewhat unrivaled. So, you know, you got that. I, I'm planning to open all my shows with Gene Money promos. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, it, it's it's a bit harsh to say because they're not here to defend themselves, but I do think the three of us have the best three top three guys. I think so as well. I like, Obviously, Dunn and Bate are kind of low-hanging fruit, but then you add Rampage Brown to that, and it, it makes it a bit weaker than everyone else's. And also, Bate and Dunn, their best stuff probably hasn't been in the UK in the yeah, last Yeah, it's been in America well. where they've actually given a shit. <laughs> and, like, Banks has been good, but I don't, you know, I wouldn't put him up against a Volta, a Riddle, or an Osprey, um, or a Sabre, or anyone like that. Um, Brooks again has been good, but I don't know. There's something about him that just like sticks out as the number two pick that makes you kind of go, eh, not. It, it seems early, you know. It's a reach. Yeah, it's a, definitely a reach when you have ZSJ still on the board. Um, I don't. Yeah, I think you could have gone in the first three rounds, but yeah, maybe round two is a bit too much. But that's just splitting hairs. And we've covered Amari. So, yeah, I think we, the three of us did, you know, to, to pat ourselves on the back and bury the people who can't defend themselves. I think we did, <laughs> I think we did pretty well in the, the front three. I'd give myself a, the win there, but, you know, there's not a huge amount between uh, any of our I, top three. Yeah, I think I'd probably give the first the first three to, to Rob, but I, I don't think Mark Andrews is as good. As I, you do. I think, weirdly, if you swap Andrews and Sabre, which doesn't change anything, but it looks a lot better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, make you more pick sense. them at the same time, because obviously the snake... Yeah, if I but... had the double, let's... Are you actually moving it? Spreadsheets are being changed. <laughs> there we go. Now I easily win. Now I easily win. This is 1984. <laughs> <laughs> Visual gags oh, Rob's such on a, a podcast. <laughs> I mean, it makes no difference, but you know... Um... Yeah, the listeners are going to love that one. <laughs> right, so moving on to our first double pick of women. Um, Arn, you went with Kaylee Ray and Casey Owens. Alan went with Dahlia Black and Viper. Ollie went with Martina and Katie Harvey. Callum went with Progress. And I went with... <laughs> Callum went with Ginny and Laura DiMatteo. And I went with Tony Storm and Alpha Female. Um... I think there's a big, a big uh, <laughs> blight hanging over my name here. 
So that's, that's not a very nice it. way to speak about Katie Harvey. It's not her fault no, she was Ka- injured for Katie so long. Harvey is iconic. So you, you had your pick of like all the women's wrestlers in Europe, and your number one pick. This is after uh, Tony Storm and Ginny have gone, so you kind of whittled down a little bit, but you went with Martina. Um. <laughs> <laughs> The session she was moth. more interesting a year ago. Yeah. The act was a lot more fresh. She'd had some decent matches. She looked before. like she was improving back then. I'll give that to you. Like It hasn't aged well. No. I don't to be fair to you, I don't remember at the time ripping for you you for it too heavily. So at the time it no. must have not have been too ridiculous. It was definitely a reach, but I just thought Kaylee Ray Kaylee Ray, Ginny kind of Boring picks. I wanted to, you know, shake shake my cage a little bit, make some noise, get some attention. I and think I re- that, this Sorry, is how it paid off. <laughs> I think I remember you saying at the time that you picked Katie Harvey and Martina with the idea of thinking that would be the big women's feud in OTT for the next year. And it was supposed to be, and then it because they were feuding at the time and they'd had a good match together, and then it just. I don't know what happened, but they used Martina a lot more than Katie Harvey. And <laughs> um, I get the feeling OTT are not great at booking women. And it's a shame, because Katie Harvey's fantastic. Uh, and she just never got the big shot anywhere last year. And She was injured, wasn't I mean, she? Oh, she may have been, I'm not sure. But obviously, Progress messed her up completely. Um and I'll never forgive progress for that. <laughs> um, but you know, she's still oh, wrestling that's the places. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think you last there, Ollie. Um, mm. Like we'll get to the second round of women, and then you I'll, you do pull it back. You do pull it back, but for the initial bunch, you after a good start with the men, you you fall off a little. Um, Alpha at the, female. At the time, yeah, I would I would have given this to, to Rob at the time, but, but Alpha Female just hasn't wrestled injured. at all. So. Yeah. So. But everything she's done when she has done something has been very good. So. <laughs> I'm prepared to concede this to uh, probably Arn, maybe Alan. No, probably Arn. Oh, well, no, Dahlia's Dal- yeah, not wrestled yeah, at all. So. And I don't like Viper. She's basically, so re- not she's basically retired at this point, so... I think Casey Owens was a good pick. I'll, I'll stand by that one. Yeah, they've had good ICW matches. Remember that one ICW show we liked? And uh, <laughs> this was one of the best on it. So. Yeah. <laughs> you can't argue with Kaylee Ray and Casey Owens, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I weirdly, I think I've seen Alpha Female do more good stuff in the last year than I have Casey Owens, but that's more but just because I haven't watched barely any Casey Owens, so... That's probably unfair to to say, but uh, I th- I think Arn and me are probably the two that are up there. With Callum, Callum's probably up there too. But Laura, yeah, I think Laura if Laura, if she'd had a, a decent run somewhere, I think she's definitely improved over the last year. But she hasn't had a lot of high profile matches, so that counts against. I'd say Ginny's probably stagnated a little. Like she's still got the presence, and she's now like been given titles and things, but like. Uh, I don't know. Her her in ring hasn't stepped up as much as I thought it would have in the last year. Do you think that's unfair? Uh, no, I don't think that's unfair. 
I can see what you mean by that. Like she she's good, but like she she's the same as she was. And I think this time last year we were saying, well, give her another year and she'll be you know mm. she'll be on the verge of a great worker. And she's still like, you know, she's you're you're surprised when she has like above a three and a half star match. Mm. No, this is why I didn't pick her. This is why I went for <laughs> um, Martina. Martina. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. Like, Martina was maybe the, the the better prospect at that point. Um, I'll use that word to get me out of jail. Mm. She was a prospect. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I quite agree with you there, but, the, you the, know. The prospect of watching Martina wrestle makes me physically <laughs> sick. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, let, let, let's move on there. You know, I, I'm feeling pretty good. I feel I might be in pole position going. Um, <laughs> it, it goes badly later on, unfortunately, for me, but... Uh, yeah, so the the next trio of men, we've got uh, Arm went with Dan Maloney, which seems Ugh. a little early. Um, he was Simmons. good. He should have been pushed. I don't understand why nothing has happened with him. There... I actually checked his cage match today to see what he's been doing this year. He's had 18 matches this year and five of them were on the same day. So <laughs> he's only actually had 13 dates this year. I think he's had a lot of very low-key ones, because the the day of SummerSlam, he was wrestling in Worcester uh, in Tramps, which is a nightclub. Um, and <laughs> he was at clarifying. one of... The, the, <laughs> not actually <laughs> inside a, a hobo. <laughs> uh, well, no, there, there was like three people on the poster, and I didn't know one of them. So, that's not particularly good. Remember when, like, it wasn't that long ago when people were kind of talking about Tyler Bate and Dan Maloney in the same breath, and people were always saying Tyler Bate was, like, the one above them, but they were considered kind of, like, a duo of guys rising up together. Uh, They came up in, like, the same class, basically. Like, you saw them on all the same shows in the Midlands, and, like, they were both the same age, both kind of, you know, the strong, stocky types. But, yeah, it... I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, or we can speculate as to why their careers have taken different paths. Dan Maloney and, uh, just say... saw one too many things, you know? <laughs> has seen, me, uh, he has seen a lot of things. <laughs> he doesn't want to share, though, you know? Um, but, you know, I was I was going through them and got very distracted on the very first one there. But, uh, Sorry! Dan, <laughs> uh, Dan Maloney, Jern Simmons and Rob Lynch. Um, Tattle bested. <laughs> which you know was picked in the, with the idea of a tag team but we'll get to that in a bit um alan stole chris ridgeway from me the son of a bitch because <laughs> um, no justice you all remember i think you can probably all remember at the time it was you'd all been making the joke oh how how too early is rob gonna you <laughs> got in my head i was like okay i'll leave him for a bit i'll i'll pick him a bit later so i don't get made fun of and then this yeah. son of a bitch picks him four times <laughs> I'm like, what the f- that's my man that's my guy <laughs> would, um, would you have picked him at three though i mean like that's no, the only chance he'd have got to no, to get in ahead. like to be honest i'd probably take zach gibson yeah i'd take zach gibson over him as well so I, the, the earliest I'd have taken him was probably fifth. So I was never getting him, but I, I just I, I felt like I was going to get him, and then I didn't, and it broke my heart. Um, but yeah, Chris Ridgway, uh, Mike Bird, and Nathan Cruz for Alan. Um, Ollie went with Kid Lycos, which has ended up a very unfortunate pick since he's spent the last 
14 out of the last 12 months injured. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> How's he spent 14 out of the last 12 months injured? I mean, I feel like he's been at least has, has he been injured, injured several times. Longer than the, the period of time. <laughs> is that even possible? I mean, ask Lycos, you know? <laughs> um, like, am I wrong, though? That's the thing. Um, then you also went with Aussie Open for your next two picks, um, which has probably come off very well. Uh, Callum went with, very unsurprisingly, Jimmy Havoc, uh, Timothy Thatcher, and Jack Sexsmith. Um, I'll let you join the dots up there on what the perhaps the theme is. Um, to, to remind you, at this point, he'd gone with Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, Rampage Brown, Ginny, Laura Dumiteo, Jimmy Havoc, Tim Thatcher, and Jack Sexsmith. Hmm. Um, and I went with Zach Gibson, Avalanche, and Bad Bones. I'm pretty, feeling pretty good about myself again there, you know. For, for, for a while there, that Bad Bones pick was looking very, very good. Yeah, it has but kind of fallen off the cliff a little. kind of got fired and... Yeah. Yeah, not so good now. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the rise story with Bones as the leader was edge-of-your-seat stuff at times, so <laughs> um, Look at I think who they he... certainly got the value out of him. Look at who he's opposite as well, though. Like, even with not having done the stuff towards the end more recently, yeah. you'd take him over Rob Lynch. You'd take him over Mike Bird. Kyle Fletcher as part of Aussie Open is is a debate. Um, but individually, yeah. Individually, <laughs> you'd take him over. And I think, personally, I'd take him over Jack Sexsmith, but I know I'm not the high man on Jack Sexsmith, so you may dispute that. I think definitely what we got out of Bad Bones since the draft, he's way over anyone. And if you, it was just Bones' got work, to deal with him there. if it was just his work, then yeah. But like, you have the the baggage that comes with that, and it's the same as like the Bodum. What? Oh man, they'd get in a fight, wouldn't they? <laughs> 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 You'd have backstage issues, Rob. Yeah, there's no denying it. You got to shoot brawl on your hands. Like who's who's your backstage leader that's going to control that? Alpha I, I can lend I can lend you Volta for some. No, like, alpha uh... females sorting all <laughs> that out. No problems, no problems. Um, and I've got uh, Daddy Damien, uh, Daddy Bonesaw. Like no one's gonna, <laughs> no one's gonna act up when the big dad's around. Um, yeah, I I think. Uh, I think Maloney kind of kills arms and yeah. Lynch. You're the trouble with pick. I'm disappointed that Dan has had such a, a a nothing year. Like it was there. Like he was on the cusp of something, and he's just done nothing. I can't criticize you too much for it at the time because, like, it, it felt like a reasonable slash good pick at the time. Like I, I'd probably take Gibson, Havoc, Ridgeway over him, but I, I think like. Maloney and Lycos at that time period were very comparable, and yeah. for for different reasons, they've had very similar years in that they just haven't worked. So it's it's unfortunate, but you couldn't rip you at the time, but you can't really give credit for it. Um, mm. Lynch has had a bit of a down year. Um, yeah, well, he's, he's in bad condition again, so I don't get why he's still 
in in poor condition. I thought he'd turn that around, but mm. he's taken fashion tips from Tomohiro Ishii as well. Uh, yeah, that's not the only thing he's taken from him. He's he's taken it, all <laughs> and his, his moves, moveset, yes, <laughs> um, his gimmick, but done worse, but you know, etc. etc. Um, moving on next, well, Alan's taken Chris Ridgeway, so how dare he? He's disqualified. But no, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's an excellent. Uh, pick and it's just now coming good like i've been singing the praises of chris ridgeway for like literally what like i think it was 2014 when i first came on the podcast and said this guy's the next big thing yeah, and it's finally and it's... <laughs> starting to happen now but like it does feel like it's starting now we've booked over in the u.s um, yeah definitely pretty soon he, he's he's starting to become like a thing on a lot of the uk indies mm. Um, he's still pretty young as well. He's he still only like mid twenties, so um, you know, plenty of time. I I just hope he gets booked in WXW soon because I think that would be like a perfect fit for him. Well, he he was there. He was at Karras. Yeah, I know. And um, yeah, it. But you know, with the way things are going, he is like a a fixture in progress now. So progress have obviously got the relationship with WXW. Like the fingers are crossed, and it doesn't feel as ridiculous now. And I don't feel as much like I'm shouting at clouds and stuff. Um, <laughs> People are hearing you, Rob. People are it, hearing it feels you. like it's coming good now. Um, Nathan Cruz, what's he done in the last year? World of sport. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> and then Mike Bird. I feel like he's been in ICW, but I'm not sure because I don't follow ICW. Um, and he also got tied up in a bunch of things that I think have affected his booking with regards to certain things coming about out about his training school and stuff like that. But uh, that's probably had a negative effect there too. Uh, moving on. Indeed. I might cut that. I think Aussie Open... Is a very strong pick to have those two together because I was considering getting them. Uh, mm. This is why I ended up with Rob Lynch and like doing the riots uh, angle, as it were, because I saw Aussie Open go off on the board and I was like, "Shit, that was what I wanted to do." So like, after Ewan Simmons, I'd have I'd have <laughs> gone Aussie Open if I'd have got the chance. But yeah, he yeah. Beat me well, I mean, they they just kind of broken out at this point again, um, like. I think it was May. I think they had their first matches in the UK, and we did the the pod, the the draft in July or August. So, I mean, it was, they were only a month or two into into their run, and they obviously had had a lot of like highlight matches, um, sort of doing throwing all their shit into the can and seeing what stuck in Attack and Fight Club Pro. And I was like, I had I have to get them because they're going to be around for a while because they were exactly who you know the Brit scene wants to wants to love and like they are they're, they're the prototype guys really for who gets over in Britress. Mm. so i i think they're absolutely the guys in the right place at the right time that they're, they're on a run for tag team of the year for the britties mm-hmm. at this point and they uh, just added yeah, front another, another feather to their cap with the cck match so yeah i'm very very happy with this pick <laughs> but i'm even happy with picks still to come so <laughs> it bit, we're now moving into the ollie gloats part of the the, <laughs> draft. the the please forget about martina look at all the good things i did yes, section. yes. um <laughs> yeah i think even then davis and fletcher were like solid picks for that time and it's only only risen i think even looking at them as individuals as singles wrestlers 
picking um, Davis as a as a fifth pick is pretty strong. Uh, and Fletcher as a sixth one is okay. And then you add in their tag team work, and it's it's definitely a strength there. It's obviously working like in the opposite direction of Lycos, who you got very unlucky with because he's mm. been very unlucky with injuries. But I think overall, as, as a as a section of free there, that it's still strong based just based on Aussie Open. Uh, moving on to Callum and his progress trio, uh, well his second progress trio, I should I could clarify. Um, Jimmy Havoc, I think, is a, a good pick for for a fourth pick. Thatcher at fifth again is a good pick, and I'm I'm kind of low on Sex Smith, but for for sixth pick, I don't think he's that awful. So I I think he's got a pretty strong trio there actually. Yeah. He, he makes actually. far worse picks after that. He does. He does. This. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say I'd say Sexsmith was a reach at, at six, but then you look at his seven to ten, and it's definitely not a reach compared to Ben. So yeah, I, I won't cut him any slack for six, for Sexsmith at six. I think Sexsmith is very good at what he does. Um, he may not be as like super flashy as some of the other guys in this section. Um, but yeah, I I think he's a very strong performer certainly. I think Thatcher's the best pick of those three. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. He he might have won that round actually, <laughs> out of everyone except for maybe Mark Davis and Avalanche and Jan Simmons. It, that is a very strong round. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for four or five of us. Our fifth round is stronger than our fourth round, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do the edit job on <laughs> on that, Rob? <laughs> no, that would be ridiculous. Why would I tamper with something that's set in stone? Um, and then, as we've kind of covered, I've got Bad Bones, who was very good, but then wasn't there i've got avalanche who i think he's had a a very good year but i also kind of expected him to maybe kick on a little more i remember going into carrot thinking he'd have a really strong run and then i think he was out first round um monster consulting has been a really good team this is true this is very true (laughs) and he's brought up julian nero really well as well because nero looks like nero at tag league and we were not impressed at all he looks like a different wrestler yeah (laughs) So <laughs> Avalanche bringing up Nero to something that's actually really good. Um, yeah, <laughs> that deserves praise as well. I haven't seen WXW in a while. I'm very behind. Does Nero still have the nonce tash? He does. Good to know. Good to know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed I didn't draft him then. Funf, funf, funf. So yeah, I think... Uh, it's becoming a pattern, but if Bad Bones hadn't have like gone missing for reasons, um, I think I'd have won that. But as he did, maybe we give that section to Callum. Yeah, I think so. I think Havoc's like probably the biggest star yeah. in that section. So I think that kind of sways me a little bit. And Thatcher, I think, is the best pick of the of the three. Mm-hmm. Although you could make the argument Gibson's a bigger star now, like. Oh yeah, Gibson. After the the NXT UK weekend, he absolutely crushed it and kind of proved that he belonged in the main event of Progress all along. And <laughs> but I, it was, I kind of meant like it was I, unbelievable that he's just been tagging with James Drake for like a year and a half, like over the course of the last year. So it's only in the past like couple yeah, of months that I think fair. Gibson's really stood above havoc on the pecking order. So moving on to the next section, we've gone for for four guys now. Um, Arn's gone for 
the hangman james davis no just no, no, no. Um, yeah let's scrub re- that redacted one. <laughs> yeah you go for Karen noir I, who i, I failed to select somebody in that round and then i moved on to selecting Karen noir yeah on on went missing and we just uh you know we gave rob lynch a, a tag team partner who is as yet unnamed mm-hmm. tom hiroishi um yay uh, then uh, on went Cara Noir, who was looking very promising a year ago, and I don't know where he is. Is he injured? I'm shocked. I'm like, shocked that he's not getting booked. What happened? Uh, he's still out there. It's just I, nobody seems to be booking him. I just, I don't know. He was like a thing in Rev it's Pro a great for a act. Bit, and then stopped being a thing in Rev Pro. What, what happened there? Um, Flash Morgan Webster, who, you know, I know it's kind of my gimmick to not like him. But this far in, I think he's a quite a good pick, actually, to be fair. Um, like, I, I, my problem with him is always that he gets praised beyond his level, but I don't think you've picked him beyond his level, to, to be fair. No, I think he's the best best pick in that round, to be honest. Uh, looking across, yeah, probably. Probably. Um, then you went Gabriel Kidd, who I think... You, we'd have both probably hoped would have kicked on more, but he's still a solid pick for that round. Yeah, yeah, he's nearly there. He's close. He kind of um, he suffered quite a bit from what culture turning into defiant. I think in that like he was a big thing in what culture, and then by the time they kind of rebranded, he was he'd have lost a lot of his me- momentum there. Um, and now he's getting squashed by Crater on prime time. But I um, I do like his uh, his tag team. Um, that's like the the clear ripoff of uh, the Miracle Violence connection. I'm a big fan of that. I can't remember what his partner is, but he was someone from Muscle the... Cat. There we go, Muscle Cat. That's his name. How could I forget a name like that? Um, but yeah, that I should have drafted Muscle Cat. That's I'm something sad that, that pops I didn't. me. Um, although I haven't actually seen a match of theirs, but I, I've seen a little video and I was like, ah, Miracle Violence connection. I love that. Um, so then Alan went with. Wild Boar, which I think is a very good pick for then. Mm. Um, although it hasn't hasn't been in too many high-profile sections, but probably be a better pick this year now that he's looks to be a bigger part of um, progress going forward. Um, but uh, in terms of pure like level of worker, I think he's a very good pick for this deep end. Uh, Kenny Williams, who I think probably had a somewhat underwhelming year, He's, he's always a guy I'm like, if he branched out and got himself booked regularly in some of the bigger places that aren't called ICW, he could be a thing, but he doesn't, so he's kind of not. Uh, Ryan Smile, who, uh, you know, doesn't exist anymore. Uh, disappeared when he jumped through a middle rope. It happens, you know, the Bermuda ropes. I mean, it's a very dangerous move to attempt, so, you know, it can happen, definitely. And then Grado, um, which is, you know, he's has he worked in the UK much? I don't really... He wrestled in a suit on World of Sport. Well, there you go then. Um, great pick. <laughs> great pick. Uh, moving on. Um, Ollie went Eddie Dennis, who is a weird one to look back at because his stock's risen, but he's also spent a lot of the year injured. So it's weird. <laughs> But like he, the work he managed to do while injured is a credit to him, and I think that's a oh, very absolutely. good pick. Jordan Devlin is an amazing pick for this deep end. Like, Thank how you. did Thank we you. let it get this deep? 
I have no, I, I have no idea. Like, he was doing good stuff, but he just wasn't, like, main eventing in OTT this time last year. But then, when they put the title belt on him, they made him the guy, and he has absolutely run with it. So, yeah, this is... Even with Absolute Andy still to come, this is probably, if I do say so myself, the best pick in the draft. <laughs> in terms of value for where it came and he'll definitely be top 10 good. this year no doubt yeah i i would i don't necessarily expect it but i wouldn't be completely shocked to see him be a first round pick especially as we're going to have an irish person on <laughs> so like it and i don't think it would be that outrageous i don't think i'd pick him in my top five but he def, definitely top 10 so the value you've got there is tremendous um then you went Chief Deputy Dunn. He's a he's another he's a weird to evaluate because he's he's been he's had a more high profile year, but also hasn't done a whole lot, which is weird to say and sound somewhat contradictory. But mm. he's been solid and he's been over everywhere, which I think was his problem for a long time when he was just Damien Dunn was that nobody really cared about him i guess like i remember going to the the progress shows that he was on as damien dunn and just yeah he got kind of crickets for and that was when everyone was rowdy at progress um but as chief deputy dunn he gets big reactions everywhere like even in front of like 100 people the gimmick is over so (laughs) you know you should have got santos as well if you'd have got santos as well you could have won an oversight but i I like my next pick which rob will now reveal (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Angel Cruz. Um, Yay! That's a very solid four. Yeah, I you know we haven't got to to the last two, but I think you've won that section. It, <laughs> Thank you. It, it makes up for the Martina pick somewhat, but uh, yeah, ignore the Martina pick and just look at everything from now on. But yeah, very very well done. Well done. Slightly patronising, I know, but you've done a <laughs> very a, good that's job. An au- that's an audio pat on the head. <laughs> um, uh, then Callum went with a combination of Scotland and Progress. Um, Joe Kofi, Joe Hendry, Mark Kofi, and Jackie Polo. Um, I don't like any of them. Yeah. Jo- Joe Hendry is the best of the four. Occasionally has good matches. Is a good talker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have picked any of those four all the way to the bottom. I'd have picked Hendry somewhere. I'd probably have gone for Joe Coffey if he was still in the last five rounds. Yeah. I think Hendry and Kofi aren't ridiculous picks. They're, they're early, but they're not ridiculous. It... I feel almost unfair commenting on Mark Kofi and Jackie Polo just because I don't watch the places they work, but that you know I don't feel like they're top hundred wrestlers in the UK, which is roughly what we did. But I mean, it's mainly the storytelling. But I got an actual headache watching their match with the the Marauders in ICW uh, last oh, year. Oh, it's so, so bad. That's like the worst Marauders match I've ever seen. I think, how do you have a bad match with those guys? They're so good, but, you know. Um, and I, I went with Alani, Bodum, Primate, and El Liguero. I think you got four good workers there. Thought, you know, potentially 
two or three great workers, but you, you're kind of lacking on star power a little. Mm. And Primate's now retired, so... I did not I know think... that. That's that's a bit of a downside. I know he got badly injured. Was it Neck? Yeah. I can't remember, yeah, but it was, yeah, a bit of a, a sad situation. I think he's the GM of Defiant now, though, so he's he's still in there. He is not the kind of character I would have thought would have fitted a, a GM world, but... No, they've, like, they've made it, they've normalised him. He's not, you know, Corporate running around primate. with a face mask or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going by his real name now, but I forget what that is, but yeah. Aaron Prime or something? Possibly. I'm not sure. I remember his, because... Re- of, uh, his real name is Aaron Prime. <laughs> like, well, really? Okay, not real name, but like his... Jace, his Jason Prime? There, that was it. That was it. Because I remember at one point, someone in a past Euro draft tried to draft both Primate and um, Jason Prime, which <laughs> was amusing. Because um, that was just after he'd like started in what culture as Primate, but also was... Um, had recently had that one-off tag match in progress as I forget the tag name, but he was Ooh, someone yeah, prime. Henry. Yeah, yeah, someone Henry. That was a good time he... for progress tag teams, and then they kind of went oh, dull yeah. for a while. Yeah. He got injured in the good old days. I'm pretty sure he got <laughs> injured in progress. I think that's was where that he got progress? hurt. Yeah, I think it was one of the dome shows he got hurt on. Oh man. But yeah, I'm I'm fairly happy with my four there. But I I think Ollie fairly undisputedly wins it. I yeah, yeah. I might take second, but oh yeah, I think Ollie you're second takes, there. Ollie mm-hmm. takes first, and probably um, do um, third. Third's tricky. Third's tricky. Uh, well, I'm disqualified from that rank because I didn't select four individuals. But yeah, <laughs> but then Alan also took. Ryan Smile and Grado. <laughs> Grado's alright, but yeah, Smile. So I think by process of elimination, Callum's actually third there. Ugh. Even though we <laughs> did not like it. <laughs> um, I'm not quite sure how we've got there, but fine, whatever. Um, then the next two women, I've gone April Davids and Rhea O'Reilly, which... That didn't work I, out well. could have done a bit better there, you know? Um, like, they're both good wrestlers, but that just hasn't panned out. Um, I, I hold my hand up to that one. Callum went with Candy Floss and Alex Windsor. Uh, one one well, for two. One of them doesn't wrestle anymore. And... <laughs> Candy Floss I mean, has Candy been Floss in stardom. Good, but she's still very early in her career. I don't think she's very good yet. But she could eventually get there, but she hasn't been in the last year. Um, Ollie has, continues his good run of form. He gets Millie McKenzie and Melanie Gray, which are two great picks this deep in. Um, another audio pat on the head for you. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Alan goes for Jetta and Chakra. Chakara? <laughs> yeah, that. Um, and then Arm goes for Charlie Morgan and B Priestley, which... Mm. See, I'm perfectly happy with that, because Charlie Morgan's second, been a star in EVE. And B. Yeah. Priestley's gotten a lot better. I think you're second. Yeah, I then. think me, me and Arn, it's pretty close between us. And then there's um, a bit of a gulf, yeah. And then, yeah, and then <laughs> it's everybody else. Um, but yeah, we're the only two who've picked 
two good people who still wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Millie McKenzie's been an absolute standout this year. I know she she hasn't really had too many like big time matches or even like too many traditional matches. She's been in a lot of like wacky tags and wacky multi mans. Um, but I think she's just starting to branch out a little more. She had that really good match with Killer Kelly on the WXW London show, which was really fun. Um, and Melanie Gray's had a really good time too. Like she's they she switched up her character to the heel side again, and it's been working out for her. She's had a lot of pretty decent matches as well as a very good one with Tony Storm in the big time environment in Sixteen Carat. So yeah, I I think I can dust my hands quite nicely on on the second round of women's picks. It's a shame they will have to work with Martina, really, isn't it? Like, that's... Mm. <laughs> well, Katie Harvey's still there. You can just have, like, continuous freeways and, you know. <laughs> um, next section, the the penultimate one. Uh, Arne... Oh, I've won this one. I've won this one easy. Arn went with Curtis Chapman, oh. uh, former, yes. former British hey, Cruiserweight champion and current uh, door person for Repro. Um, Big Grizzly, all caps, because that's how it's spelt, of course. Uh, Big T Justice, who hasn't mm. really done anything, but is also a good pick somehow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the master of the Ainsley Lariat, Gene yes. Money. That's the best pick I made in the whole thing. The money pick. Um, yeah. Alan went with TK Cooper, uh, Lloyd Cat, Splits McPins, and El Fantasmo. El Phantasmo that deep has ended up being oh, a yeah, very good, that's, pick. good that's, pick. That's gained a lot of traction. Definitely. I think we we're kind of debating whether he's going to still be here, but um, mm. he is. So he's he's far more than just Kyle O'Reilly's best friend now. Although he is still <laughs> oh, Kyle O'Reilly's best friend. Um, he's that and so much more. Uh, Ollie, you went with Martin Kirby, Wolfgang, Francis Caspin, and Jigsaw. Who has he worked in the UK since then? <laughs> He's worked in Ireland. <laughs> okay, but if that counts. like once. Yeah, not too. He was quite a rate because we did the stats on it. He'd he'd wrestled fifty more than fifty percent of his matches in the UK and Ireland. That was mostly since, because uh, he hadn't wrestled in like anywhere else. It was weird. Since, true, yes. since we did the draft, I believe he's had about seven matches. <laughs> but he's good. So yeah, Let's check know. the 50% see if he's still eligible. <laughs> he's only wrestled twice this year and he hasn't wrestled in the UK. <laughs> when do we do the draft? Let's say August. Um, yeah. So we have... And Wolfgang was like a, a banter pick. So I don't regret that one, but he's had five matches since last August. <laughs> um, I don't think any of them are actually in the UK. Nope. Three of oh. them for MPX Wrestling, one for Chikara, and one for Jersey All Pro. How has that happened? He's so good. What? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you maybe he's like got a real job or something. I don't know. You've got a bit unlucky there, but you know you were obviously drafting him that late on the risk that he wouldn't. Yeah, obvi- Yeah, I mean in, in the late rounds, you know, you go for interesting guys. You go like... to the sleeve. He exactly. He's a better wrestler than the guys. Actually, that round's actually really strong. But it like... is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you could easily put that round in one of the, the previous sections we've done, it wouldn't stand out, but it's bottom of 
bottom of the the penultimate one. But uh, compared to like, you know, he's a better wrestler than like a Splits McPins or a James Drake or a or a, probably a Bubblegum or someone like that. But you know, you were you were going off the the risk there, and you you came up. Yeah, it didn't pay off, but it was worth a punt. Um. Then Callum went Ashton Smith, Dave Mastiff, James Drake, not the good one, Oof. the British one, uh, and Jody Fleisch, which isn't too bad. It's all right. It's all right. Um, and I went Bubblegum, Damien Corvin, Jim Hunter, and Emil Satochi. That's where I was being a bit of a dick and taking one half of several tag teams. <laughs> <laughs> Them, not closing them brackets off picking them off later but uh mm-hmm. uh satoshi's a very good pick yeah for that late that satoshi's a good pick i'm surprised yeah, been surprised he managed to get that late uh bubblegum mm. has had a very is he retired now is he still going yeah um, he's retired yeah um kings of the north were very good as tag champions for ott but since losing the tag belts i don't think they've done too much Mm. There was a time when it felt like they were going to be like, like the the one B star to Jordan Devlin's one A there. But yeah, they've kind of gone down a bit. But you know, they're still a, a unique act for OTT to have. I'm um, I'm happy to get them at like the average of a, like fourth from last pick. You know, I think they're good that late. It's funny looking at TK Cooper there. Obviously, he was drafted that late because he was injured at the time, and we didn't know when he'd be coming back. But actually. What has happened since then has sort of justified him <laughs> being in that slot um, through basically no fault of his own, just incredibly piss poor booking surrounding him. <laughs> um, but he is not any kind of commodity right now, and it does feel like that's the slot for him. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, it, it kind of felt like a steal at the time, but no, yeah. he's that's where he belongs. Yeah, I think the kind of the logic was depending on how long it takes him to get back. When he gets back, he'll be really good, but I might not get too much of the year. What he got was, he got actually quite a decent amount of the year, because he came back fairly fairly early from his injury, but then had a bad rest of the year. So it's it's weird how things work out sometimes. Um, who's won that round then? I think that's pretty balanced across the board. Clearly me. Yeah. I've well, clearly won that. I've got to take Umbridge with Arn's picks because although they're all very fun, very unique picks, he's gone for the mean picks. Good, good traction mean. on Twitter. No, you you get the variety in there, especially in size. Oh no, I, Gene Money is a great pick, definitely. But I mean, Big T hasn't wrestled south of Preston this year. Big Grizzly hasn't particularly done much. All caps. Curtis Chapman. Curtis really Chapman. Liked his title yeah, he won run. the title. He won the title, but nobody like really liked it and they took the belt off him immediately oh. so he's made all the flashy you know twitter friendly picks to get votes off of uh people that was where but i got all my votes in that section that's my vote where, section where, where's his actual value there where, there's where, loads what, of, there's loads of value there where, this this season what what i, I was what gonna have above replacement i was gonna have curtis chapman and big t as a tag team and possibly feuding as well it would have been great <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Rob decide. Well, I'm not giving him on that one. I, I hate fun. I hate fun. You know this. <laughs> um, I like Gene Whereas Money. Whereas with a me, pick. you got Martin Kirby. Martin Kirby's a very, very solid wrestler. I, he can wrestle with anyone. Have a good. Kirby and Casper are very good picks. 
Caspin. Caspin's top great. Notch. We haven't talked about that pick enough. That's that's a good. That's a very good pick. That Leighton. Uh, and Wolfgang solid. But you've only got three. It was guys. mainly for the banter. Um, Wolfgang. I've got to admit. Yeah. Uh, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Like, I rate Gene Money as a pick. I think Chapman's yeah. maybe a little too early. I. But I'm I'm kind of a low man on him. Grizzly. Haven't done much. Big T has done nothing. Um, then looking across, Ollie's got a very strong free and then nothing. <laughs> I've got two halves of a tag team. Emil Satoshi is <laughs> very good. And then Bubblegum, who's retired. Maybe I guess Alan? for El Fantasmo, I'd give it to Alan, yeah. Because mm. El Fantasmo is probably. But Bolarama's kind of dropped off. Pick. Yeah, because well, they, they split up, yeah. <laughs> Splits are split. Um, yeah. <laughs> and TK's on the well. See, TK's I mean, TK weird. TK could always go back up again. I, if he if he run, if he run gets out of his Stockholm Syndrome and goes somewhere that would actually value him, <laughs> he uh, he could show up. Because he clearly has the talent. It's just not being utilised, so... And, and it's weird because, like, to be fair, even though he's underwhelmed... For that deep in the draft, he's still not a bad pick, really, is he? Yeah. So uh, I think Fantasmo is a better pick. I think Fantasmo probably a better pick for the last year, but you've got both of them. But then you've got Boulderama dragging it. Down. Every 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 group of ours has an issue. Um, <laughs> Apart from mine, which is just an outstanding for. No. Um, <laughs> you know what? I might. Do we give this to Callum? James Drake, though. I've enjoyed some Grizzled Young Vet stuff. Yeah, but that's because of Gibson. <laughs> Who I have drafted, I'd like to point out. Um, yeah. But to, I think he's he's obviously the lesser part of that tag team, but he's been... you know. I, Would you rather watch a JFK match or a, a Grizzled Young Vets match? Because if you'd rather watch a JFK match, then come to my side of the, the But pillow. you've only got three guys. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, two and a half. Two and a half? Yeah, Wolfgang's a half. Oh, okay. Uh, Poor Golfwang. Um, should we call that a draw? Yeah. Across, across the board. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's very... That's, that's my wins. strongest section. <laughs> That might be your weakest section, friend. Um, Strongest by by some distance. I prefer your your. Mm, do I prefer your next section? Well, your next section is Tucker, Johnny Moss, Liam Slater, and Killian Jacobs. Actually, to be fair, like none of them have really done anything. Yeah. Well, Liam Johnny Moss is got squashed by Crater. So. Johnny Moss is in the uh, PC over in Florida training yeah. people. Mm. Um. Alan went Kip Sabian, Sonna Derson, Michael Dante, and Elback Jr. Haven't really done anything, have they? Um, uh, Kip Sabian's kind of on the verge there. I, yeah, uh, Kip Sabian's doing okay stuff. I feel like he's a good value pick for there. But yeah, the other, like, Dante's made spot starts places, and the other two haven't done anything. Uh, uh, oh, Black's retired, isn't he? I wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Derson, what a uh, career. Derson, I hear, does very good stuff. At his home promotion, but he like yeah, but nobody no sees one it. sees it. So like, if a tree falls on a if if you have a good match in a place and no one sees yeah. it, do you have a good match? Yeah, 
yeah, I've heard, I've heard good stuff from him, but yeah, I haven't seen anything good from him because yeah. Ollie went. Oh, uh, uh, Black Junior's only wrestled one match since September last year. There you go. So then. He's retired. Um, Ollie went two unlimited. Oh. Was this like the very small window where they just looked like they were going to be a thing in OTT? Yes, it absolutely was. Okay. You can tell I'd watched an OTT show like the day before yeah. <laughs> with all my picks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that kind of didn't work out, did it? I mean. But the. the keep going. Danny Jones, uh, that's not gone brilliantly. Came back from. He went to All Japan, right? I'm, that's the right guy. Yeah, yeah, he did. And came back and hasn't done a whole lot. Has had a few bad matches in progress. Um, and then Absolute Andy, which is an absolute steal of a pick back there. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that's pick of, pick of the draft You've though. basically that's... got like, you've got a good last four, but you've only got one pick. Yeah. But that's what the last four's about. Like, you've got to sort of You go for four swimmer. gambles and hope one of them comes up. Yeah, like, I don't want to just pick four guys who are just going to mumble about undercards all year. Like, I want to pick guys who are either going to do crazy stuff or not nothing at all. Like, and then you'll make the headlines and, you know, you got to take a gamble at this stage of the draft. <laughs> like, all your all, all your sure picks should have been earlier. If, if you're trying to make up for it at this point, you've done it wrong. But yeah, absolute Andy. I'm flexing my muscles right now. I agree. <laughs> it, at that because... point, it was too late to uh, make up for Martina. I, I agree with you, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, pick of the draft. If uh, well, it's between Devlin and Andy, and you've got both of them. So yeah, well done. I'm a happy lad. Um, Callum went Doug Williams, who has had a higher profile year than I think we expected him to. And, you know, I'm going to say this. I love Doug. I, he's, you know, one of my favourite British wrestlers. I love his early Ring of Honor stuff. I think he's criminally underrated across his whole career. I don't think he's been good in the last year. Um, no. His, his knees are shot and he's, he's just no good. He's, like, if he'd have had... Annoyingly, if he'd have had this run that he's getting now, but, like, three years ago when he was doing nothing, it would have probably been really good. But he's... yeah. It's just too late, unfortunately. And the story's been... Well, in, in in theory, the story's been good. I think they've executed it fairly horribly. Um, but... It's nice... It was nice to see him get some focus, but it's cut, you kind of see why he doesn't get focus anymore. Uh, then you've got Easton Reese, who hasn't really done anything. Ashmore hasn't really done anything. Mambo, who's done one or two things. And, you know, it's... You know, whatever. I think Mambo's been really good. I think he's... Uh, of the last round of picks, you've got Andy's, like, the clear favourite. I think Mambo's the only other one that's done anything. Yeah. M- yeah, M- Mambo's a good pick for the... Um, I haven't been as high on him as, like, other people have, but he's certainly improved a fair bit from where he was before. And, like, he's also worked a lot of different places. So, I mean, he's certainly advanced this year, and we'll see where he gets... Uh, I think he'll definitely get drafted again. Uh, this year and probably higher than the last round. I think he's solid for a last pick, but he's not, you know, adding huge value to three fairly underwhelming other picks. But you know, we're saying that about a lot of our our last four. Um, I went Angelico, who um, he's worked a decent amount in the Europe since, but not like. Eh. I think drafting him that late, it was kind of a gamble, and it's 
semi paid off, but not like huge. <laughs> um, uh, I I finished off my two other tag teams in Bonesaw and Lee Hunter. So I think you know, comparison to a lot of other people, are getting duds at this this late in. I'm getting two halves of tag teams who are two good tag teams, so I'm fairly happy with that. And then to uh, finish off my draft, I got. <laughs> That's really sad. I may edit in Cash Money Erkin's song so I don't look like a complete idiot there, but that's gonna... It was like listening to someone else's music on the tube who's playing it slightly too loudly. <laughs> okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put the work into editing that one because it's, it is a <laughs> magnificent theme song. Uh, but unfortunately, that's all he is. That that was a last pick that did not come off, unfortunately. So who won that? Should, should have gone with young. Should have gone with young money Chong. That that was the the pick. Mm, I think Cash Money Erkin's a better wrestler, and it, it gets the Kilby vote. How dare you? <laughs> it gets well Chong and Chong and Van Beethoven are back now, so they might be in for a late round picking this time around. Because obviously Marius has done some great stuff in the past. But he's been out uh, of the main roster for a little bit, so we'll see what they can do. Maybe they'll be worth a, a, a stab later on. Ollie's revealing his hand for his late round picks. <laughs> take notes and screw him over. Um, yeah, I think I think when you're going into these last four, we're all making punts and hoping one of them. I, I don't know American football well enough. What's a successful punt? <laughs> um, right. We're all making punts and hoping one of them comes off. Let, let's go with that. Um, yeah, I think Andy, that's the phrase. Uh, so Ollie wins, basically. <laughs> I, I made a, a horrible mistake of trying to add in another tag team, which uh, this year I'm just not going to bother with tag teams. Your, your it just tag teams didn't go too works. well, did they? Nah. <laughs> yeah, one guy left and the other guy's a nonce, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chapman and Grizzly. No, Chapman and Big T. You've got big. That was that was my main tag team. Big T and Little K. Um, they they were the tag champs, and they didn't have any defenses because you fired half your tag team roster. Uh, <laughs> so the big question: Who's won that? Ollie. I'm inclined to agree. I'm inclined to agree. Um, I'm going through highlighting the sections we gave the wins to. Again, terrific content on the audio. <laughs> I'll edit it. I'll edit it. Um, oh, sorry, we Rob. Did, we did a draw there. <laughs> we can say Ollie has a very shaky, like, post his first three picks, he goes very shaky for two sections, but then sweeps <laughs> his way through. Um, I start off very well. I I think I've got a reasonable shout for all three of the first three rounds, and then after that, That's fall fair. off somewhat. Um, Arn has his problem with nonces. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have issues with like people who are just really good wrestlers, but they like, haven't been used at all. Yeah. So like Haskins like and Maloney, Cara Noir, Gabriel Kidd. Uh, Tucker, Liam Slater. It's just all the way through. I've got guys who should have been better positioned 
and just haven't been used. I think we've all got examples of that, but you've probably got more than most. I have a lot, yeah. Um, like I've got people who've retired, like Bubblegum. I've got Primate who's. Re- I've had a real problem with retirement. So I've got Primate yeah, and Bubblegum. Uh, April re- Davids hasn't wrestled April at all. Davids, <laughs> um, then Alpha Female almost had to retire. She was so injured, but she's not now. Yeah, I, I don't get drafted by me. I am bad luck. Oh dear. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ollie. I think somehow I'm not sure how we've come to this conclusion, given that you drafted Martina as your first woman. <laughs> you drafted Kid Lycos, who spent 14 of the last 12 months injured. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> and Wolfgang and Jigsaw and Two Unlimited. Jigsaw who <laughs> hasn't worked in the UK and has barely worked anywhere. Two Unlimited, mm. who are too unlimited. Danny Jones, who's been back. But you've won this! I, Jordan to, Devlin and Absolute Andy, baby. It's it, like two magic picks. I voted for Ollie at the time, so I thought that was a very good roster. And it's it looks even better a, a year later. <laughs> well, I remember the voting was very close, actually. Like, we were all like within just... I think it was six percent covering the four of us. And then um, Callum. Because Callum didn't make it into the into the final vote. Uh, because Twitter. <laughs> um But yeah, so yeah, I can it was very even and I think you know, Arn won on an edge and also because he voted for Twitter happy people in late rounds. Ooh, getting and, called out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well now that I've won, I can I can quite happily move on and just kind of yeah, play the game differently. Like, I've got the um, win in the bank. But hopefully me proving my ability to scout ahead into the next year and determine who are going to be the biggest stars a year from now. I, I kind of thought I'd give the us... voters confidence for the upcoming Euro draft, but my picks, <laughs> even if they seem like a stretch at the time, are going to come through. Okay, well, okay, my my guys kept winning titles. <laughs> like, like, uh, <laughs> this is my platform and I'm taking had, like Casey Owens won a title, Charlie Morgan won the big uh, Eve thing, Curtis Chapman won a title. I was having people win titles all over the place. And I was like, yeah, doing well. And but Ollie did better. I don't like to admit it, but I think at the time I voted for Arn, which I'm ashamed to admit. But uh, I think that's what happened. Yeah, well, Arn's gotten very unlucky with his roster for various reasons, um, and obviously Rob has to a certain extent as well. So there's been some fortune and misfortune in this one th- and that's always going to be the way but i think if you take my first what is it eight and ollie's back half that's unbeatable yeah that would be like a dream roster <laughs> basically but uh yeah it, it's interesting how that works out it, pro- it you know what it probably makes sense because i, I am someone who doesn't watch a lot of full shows so when you're getting towards the the back end um you know a lot of what i'm doing is guesswork and based off reputation because i ain't watching i ain't watching um openers to fight club pro shows and whatever um so it makes sense that i drop off it makes sense that arn would have more of a stability throughout because he probably out of the three of us watches the most wrestling um, it makes sense that Callum drafted just progress and Scottish people. Um, <laughs> very true. Alan is very into his like, you know, he's he's too hipster for the big European promotions. He's very into his underground picks, which kind of makes sense that why a lot of his picks towards the top 
were people who were good wrestlers, but he picked too early because they're kind of hipster picks. It kind of reflects his um, his taste in wrestling. And then Ollie, um, it reflects well on you that you've been very lucky with Jordan Devlin and absolute Andy. <laughs> well, they were they were available for. Uh seven rounds previous to <laughs> when I picked Devlin. So. There's my heel turn. You came lu- You got lucky, Ollie. It's not happening again. got a lucky kid. <laughs> no one drafted lucky kid. That's shocking. Yeah, lucky kid and Bobby Guns are going to be top, top, top picks. So, yeah, be, it, I'm very excited for the next one, as I always am. But I think, I mean, especially from WXW, there are a lot of guys who we didn't draft in this one who have emerged... Um, you know, Jay Skillet, Killer Kelly. Um, you know, I'm gonna be looking out for Pete Bouncer's abs. Kelly hadn't, well. Kelly hadn't be, even been in WXW yeah. when we did the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, WXW's had a lot of roster turnover, but they've also had like their shows have gone from being shows you pay attention to twice a year, and then they kind of got to their next mm. stage where they were. Most of their shows are good at the top of the cards. But towards the bottom of the card, you know, it was all very skippable to now where they're putting on, you know, top to bottom, very good shows regularly. And that's allowed yeah. like, you know, you're not just going Volta, Dragonov, Avalanche, uh, Thatcher, David Starr, and that's kind of it. Um, now, you know, you you could feasibly make a full roster for one of these out of WXW guys now. Um, yeah, it's crazy to think just how like young their roster is kind of and like they've obviously they've anchored a lot of their main players this year but it's all been guys and girls who weren't wrestling in uh like priority positions until a few months ago so yeah it's very impressive how that's happened and it gives us a lot of uh new people to to peruse i remember a year ago after the draft we were saying wow this really shows how deep um, the scene has got. I think it's going to be way, even way more easy this year. Because, you know, as deep as we were saying the scene was, by the time we were getting to the last few picks, we were all stretching, you know. Um, Apart from Absolute Andy. I mean, you know, that was a punt at the time. <laughs> yeah, at the time. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's come off magnificently because he is the king of dads. But it was a punt. And, like, I am still, like, even looking back, like, I've always liked Andy, and I, I liked A4 a lot, so I'm not sure why I didn't pick him earlier, especially with drafting Alani, but uh, even then it was a good pick for last pick, but it's ended up being an amazing pick. But, you know, to get back to the point, um, we were kind of stretching towards the end. This There's going to be some very good wrestlers who don't get drafted, and not from ju- this time, not from just us going oh, we've forgotten about them, or I'll oh, be completely whiffed by not drafting them. It's going to be, he's a very good wrestler, and I could pick him, but there's also this other very good wrestler who I could pick, and I'm down to my last pick, and that wasn't really the case when we got to, to the end here. So I think it, it shows that the scene across Europe, and I think a big part of that has been the continental scene, you know, primarily WXW, but also OTT have brought through a lot of Irish talent, and that's added to all of the 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 UK talent. That the European scene now is deeper than ever. Uh, I think a good way to kind of close this episode off um, would we, we kind of touched on it a bit, but who 
here didn't get drafted, aside from like Bobby Guns and who else did we say? Uh, Lucky, Lucky Kid. Kids. Who else would you put in that vein who you fully expect to be drafted next year or next week or whenever we do it? Yeah. Not next year. I'll try not. I'll try to think of a name that isn't just WXW. <laughs> um. Demac. Uh, well, Kill, Killer Kelly, obviously. Killer Kelly, yeah. <laughs> Dirty Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Vesna. Ve- oh, Vesna. Uh, <laughs> my favourite wrestler. Um, Kelly Six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm I- trying to think of somebody who isn't WXW. <laughs> it's very hard. I- I'm going to need to do a lot of research into the Irish youngsters because I know there's a lot of talent there, yeah. but I'm not ultra Obviously familiar. More than hype and- yeah. Yeah, they, they, they get a lot of fans. They'll, they'll get a lot of Irish votes. Um, <laughs> like, Blair, that's the, the thing, strategy. right? Blair, uh, vote for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like we're all being slightly cagey because we don't want to give, give <laughs> ideas course. away. Don't want to give away the strategy. Uh, but yeah. Th- there, there are deep picks. There are deep, there are picks, deep picks, sleeper picks, but... Uh... Are very exciting. Um, so yeah, you. <laughs> I won't be publishing a, a mock, a mock draft in, in the lead up. Maybe we could get someone uh, unaffiliated to do that, perhaps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, okay. Let, let's go for a different question, which will give away less um, and damage our our future drafting less. Who do you expect to rise the most, aside from Andy and Devlin, because we kind of covered them? And who do you expect to drop the most? Well, El Phantasmo, I'm definitely seeing him as someone who is going to be going in the top half of the table, definitely. Um, And within the first seven rounds, I'd say definitely. Like, he's really impressed um, in the showings he's had. He's become a RevPro regular. They built, like, their main storyline around him, basically, and then didn't pay it off for whatever reason. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, he's been super impressive and so much more than Kyle O'Reilly's best friend. He, he he's definitely a credit to the scene at this point. I think you've you've obviously got like guys like Lynch and Davis who are going to drop a lot, Maloney. But in terms of guys who have been active and don't have any like extracurricular activities that mean they're no longer getting booked in in big places, guys that have probably dropped off the most, maybe Haskins, in that like. He's not getting drafted in the first two rounds this time, is he? No, and at the time it was like a, a realistic pick, I think, to have him in the second round. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not really done much last year. Um, I guess like Omari's probably dropping quite a lot because I, I don't think he's kicked on as much in the last year as most of us mm. would have hoped. But that's also just yeah, because... Well, he won the Infinity Tournament and they didn't do anything with that <laughs> since. So it's been it's been a bizarre time for but him. A, but a large... It's kind of part of the angle, so... A large part of that is that, like, he was drafted, you know, inverted commas, too early for our taste to begin with. Yeah. Similar yeah. thing with, like, Rampage Brown. Like, I don't think his stocks dropped too much. It's just he was kind of drafted too early. Um, I think Caspin and Skillet, obviously, who went undrafted, but mm-hmm. Caspin will definitely go up in the JFK tag team. Yeah. Uh, Bad Bones might drop off a lot, but that's kind of extracurricular stuff. Uh, El Liguero, I think, is going to drop down quite a, a bit, and that's more that other people have overtaken him rather than him dropping off. He's kind of like 
letting the younger guys take a more prominent spot. Not that he were ever the most prominent of spots to begin with, but, you know. I could see Millie McKenzie going in the first round yeah. uh, for the women. Yeah. Or at least the, the second. Like, she's definitely not going to be a third round pick. She's going to be a, an early second round or a late first round, probably. Well, I debated taking a second round last year, so, yeah, definitely first two. Hmm. Who else? Uh, Acton Smith is dropping off, definitely. Um, Wolfgang's dropping off. <laughs> Kirby's probably dropping off. TK uh, Cooper, his stock's dropped, but he's probably not dropping off because... Nah, he'll definitely get drafted. His injury. He's just going through a rough time. patch at the moment. He would have been higher without an injury, so like he's kind of dropped yeah. off, but counteracted it by not being injured <laughs> uh chapman might drop off he, he he's gone from being like oh he's a, a plucky guy who could be really fun and he's kind of like overstayed his welcome as a champion for a little bit um gene money's rising <laughs> definitely should we end it there i think so yes. yeah we've been going for like over two hours. So. Yeah. <laughs> Arn is tired. So, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, if you want to go to Amazon or whatever, use the Voices of Wrestling link. You know the drill. Um, and yeah, next week slash the week after, we'll see. We'll have 2018 Euro Draft in. Oh yeah. Which. I'm excited. <laughs> Unless things fall through, the three of us will be being joined by Lee Malone and Andrew Sinclair, um, bringing some Scottish and Irish flair to the podcast. Um, so that will be fun. Um, I enjoy a year from now not inviting them back for the, the review and burying their picks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, unless you guys have any particular plugs. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Arnold Furious. I'm currently doing a World Cup of Dwayne Johnson films. Yeah. And also, uh, websites rearviewreviews.com. Uh, I'm going to do a whole month of uh, Minoru Suzuki matches in September. And you can follow me at another Rolly. I may tweet more soon. In the meantime, vote for Fast Five in the rock thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow me at. Oh, no, you can follow me at BritRestRound, which is my slash our new um, wrestling account. So you don't have to read about lots of darts, which is what I tweet about on the other account, mostly. Darts, esports, other gambling stuff. You probably don't want to follow that one. Um, Yeah. Bye. Bye.